0: Archons. Welcome to Sanctimonious, a Keyforge podcast where two zealous Keyforge players discuss various topics regarding combat within the Crucible. Stand at attention and salute your hosts, Sir Jake, Sir Alex, and Sir Dan. Welcome back to another episode of Sanctimonious. This is a Keyforge podcast. I
1: am a your host, my co-host, Jake, and I'm joined today by Alex Slotnick. Alex, how are
2: you doing? Doing fantastic. Living that uh, quarantine life, working from home, living from home, never seeing other humans other than my family, which I lo- which I do enjoy, but it is nice occasionally to see other adults. Uh, I was telling my, my wife, my wife was talking to me about that. She's like, do oh oh I'm not enough I'm like you know of course <laughs> she, was, <laughs> yeah. she was she she's just joking
1: <laughs> between a rock and a hard place with that right work.
2: yeah jeez right. I stepped into a minefield there <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I am doing the same thing uh hauled up in my house taking every precaution I think the best advice I heard especially for someone in my age uh, bracket is just to try and act at all times like you do have it so that you, you know, will do the least damage possible in spreading uh, the pandemic. Um, so it's definitely interesting and trying times, but hopefully we are all doing our part. Um, and I know that's something we're taking very seriously on this podcast and would certainly encourage other people to do. Um, But this is a Keyforge podcast, so we'll we'll leave the coronavirus talk to the experts, um, and we'll talk about what we at least have some passing knowledge on, which is primarily Keyforge and Keyforge-related topics. So one of the things we want to do, sort of our main topic today, will be to talk about some of the recent news uh, that's come out about this game that we love to play and talk about. Um, and then do some community questions. How's that sound to you, Alex?
2: Sounds great. I'm ready. Let's do it.
1: Kind of putting you on the spot here, but I think if we have some inspiration to share, that might be especially appreciated uh, today, uh, this week, while we're all sort of going through it, stay in in. Um so do you want to go first or should I jump in with my inspiration? For
2: me, uh what's been inspiring me for Keyforge has definitely been uh seeing seeing the community come together to find ways of enjoying and like being a community even when people can't meet uh in person to play Keyforge, you know, like with physical play being so uh impossible at the moment um or not not even impossible but like it's not the right thing to do um I, I i just it's really cool to see all the local stores set stepping up and all i mean even the big companies stepping up um to keep people safe and then um, but also in the midst of that seeing players support their local community um and uh just kind of find ways of still connecting um, and of enjoying the part of, I think that the thing that I really come to Keyforge for, which is the social and the the gaming aspect. So it's cool to see that happening.
1: Absolutely. And I I completely agree with you. I think it has been encouraging to me uh, in like watching the responses that it seems like everybody has their head or not everybody, of course, but for the most part, people are really coming together. Uh, we'll talk more in the news about uh what that means for competitive Keyforge, but it seems like that news was generally re- received with like level heads all around yeah uh, and that and that was nice to nice to see uh that this community continues to sort of uh show that it's full of great people yeah. uh who are you know care about each other since i think that's really what a lot of this comes down to um for me my inspiration I guess it's more just the way that people are already being creative in how we can continue to engage with each other uh, during this time. I had my very first board game night with friends yesterday. Um, so we, ha- we played on a game of Bruges by Stefan Feld on uh, a web browser-based service called uh, Yucata de, uh, where you can just play games for free online with your friends. We had a, a chat call going like this, so we could all you know see each other, have a few uh, beverages if we so chose, and and it did feel you know like we were all sitting around the table playing a game together. Uh, it, there were a couple of glitches, maybe because a lot of people are using the service right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it but it was nice to know that you could like still experience that. So I would encourage people if if you have the ability. Maybe there are people on on the sanctimonious Discord that you've been playing with for a long time, uh, but you haven't actually talked to. Um, like the social isolation effects of these things are real, and and I think it's really important that we can all continue to socialize however we can. So maybe uh, shoot somebody a personal message that you've chatted with a long time and see if they want to play a game and actually do a voice chat while you play, uh, or a video if you're comfortable while you play, uh, just to really kind of. Continue to enhance and and, uh, bring forward the social benefits that we've found in this game in the past and I think can continue to provide great benefits to us now.
2: I think that's great. And just like being able to, like you said, get that. Even you introverts, you need the personal contact, social contact. We all need it somewhat. So some of us need it more than others, for sure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I, do and I, and just reach out, I think, and can, like really maybe take a moment and be kind to each other, because I think a lot of people, yeah. uh, this may, like Key Forge, going to their weekly events really may be their primary social interaction. Um, and so, you know, it's, it really stinks to be losing that, of course. So yeah. uh, let's just be there for each other and see if we can't use this to just bond and grow even more as a a larger Keyforge community. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Well, should we head straight into the main topic where we're talking about Keyforge news and notes? Newsday.
0: Enter player three.
1: Oh, hey. All right. Well, let's actually pause that for a second because it seems like we have another person joining the chat. A new player has
0: entered. Yeah, no. So I've been inspired. Uh, so I've been rocking. So I've been rocking our Let's Play deck. So that's been really, really fun. Uh, Book of Le- IEQ, excuse me, is nuts. That card is so good. Um, I've been having a lot of fun playing that. And then uh, just like, I don't know, I've kind of find a, found a renewed passion for AOA. It's kind of weird. Me and uh, Blake from Help from Future Self the other day were rocking some AOA decks, and it was just a blast. It was just like, wow, these decks are actually really fun. Like, there's some really cool cards. Um, I was playing my Double Mimicry Heart of the Forest deck, which was a blast, and set me up for an almost, like, last second. like it's Not fun for anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Blake said that he would rage quit if I played it early, and I had it in my opening hand, but I also had Hidden Stash. And the deck is actually kind of speedy, so I hidden not stashed it until I was down two to one. Then I dropped it out there to make sure that I'd at least get a chance. But unfortunately, we were both holding Chodas at the end of the game, so I knew that my Miasma Ronnie play was just not going to quite get me there because he'd still just reap out and uh, Choda on his turn. Actually, he was planning on bi- he had double Binate rupture, so he was going to Binate <laughs> rupture helper bot uh, Choda to close it out if he needed to. So it was really, it was really squirrely, and I, I wrecked myself with my own standardized, well, <laughs> his standardized testing. I mimicked it, thinking that I would get his uh, sanctum dudes that were holding all my amber. But what I forgot to take into account is that Grovekeeper is a card, and my Yancey gang was the strongest dude on the table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So Yancy died. None of his guys died. So my sweet standardized testing into mimicking his regrowth into playing my own Flaxia close out was wrecked by Yancy gang being seven power and being the strongest guy on board.
1: But yeah, so that's like my style mistake ah, so, uh, i was so
0: excited leave those to me I was so excited because i was like i knew i had to win that turn because he had like two cards left in deck so i knew he had showed in hand i had showed in hand and i choked on it choked on it so hard but it was so much fun it was really it was a really fun game
1: Everything is canceled for the foreseeable future, which includes Keyforge Worlds, Keyforge Vault Tours, and everything else.
0: Yeah, that's kind. Of, it's a, it's a bummer, but it's an it's a needed bummer. Like. <laughs> It's just the, the the more we stay safe and not spread this, the faster it goes away and then we can resume our normal lives hopefully sooner rather than later. So yeah, it's kind of a bummer, but I know in the Seattle area, I've heard up in the Canadian area yeah. off of the uh, Help From Future Self podcast that people are organizing some TCO events for their local communities. So people are able to either pay a small entry fee and I, it sounds like up in up in vancouver canada like they're actually like the store has given out product to blake from help from future self so they can actually run like legitimate sealed tournaments with prize payouts and everything so there's some cool things happening i know the seattle area has been organizing some different um via discord just kind of you know on the nights when they would typically have an event they've been running online event only so yeah so people are making the best of it so if you're a community leader and you're bummed by this news, you know, think about it. Maybe start a Discord, start a Facebook group, like however you guys organize and, you know, run those TCO events because it's still a way to do it. A lot of people are using voice chat while they're playing the TCO game. So it's like they're at the store hanging out with people. You have a big group channel. You can all go spectate the last match and just rip them apart without them hearing you. So there's just a bunch of different ways to kind of keep that community going and getting some maybe not FaceTime with people, but FaceTime with people. (laughs) I think
1: you're exactly right, Dan. And the first thing we should point out about this is that it's the right decision. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, I think there is some people who are critical of fantasy flight games for not communicating this sooner. Um, It seems like it probably could have been announced a week or so in advance. And I think, there's also valid criticism that, uh, especially around the Vault Warrior, uh, which who knows if that exists anymore. Is that a thing? Maybe. <laughs> that, that communication wasn't clear on their part. And uh, at one point, I think a couple of weeks ago now, we kind of got an update that like, due to the coronavirus, uh, we'll be suspending the start of Vault Warrior qualifiers. And at the time, because we just had heard nothing, it did sound a little bit to me, and I know uh, some others felt this way as well, it sounded a little bit kind of like a cop-out, like they were using this as like an excuse for difficulty in like organizing these events or, or whatever. Whereas if they had been, you know, updating us throughout the process, it wouldn't have felt that way. Having said that, now, that we all see what's happening, and you know, already all of our lives have been significantly impacted by uh, the coronavirus pandemic. Of course, shutting down worlds is the right call, and doing it as early as possible uh, is.
0: We shouldn't grab people from all over the world and slam them into one small hall and have them breathing all over and touching each other.
1: Yeah.
0: Not ideal. <laughs> oh, okay. Got
1: it <laughs> what are your first thoughts alex
2: um so i mean my first thoughts when this happened was kind of uh on, on a on a small note i'm glad I, in a way it's nice for me because i was like not going to be able to go and now whenever the date is mostly i'm sad <laughs> though because i know that you know it's just like it's just like it would have been i was still excited for everybody else even though i couldn't do it i was like this is going to be such a cool thing but like you said, it's just when they announced it, it was like, yeah, of course. Like, this, the, there's no way you should try to run this because it's just too soon. I think if it were in like June or July, even, I mean, even that's like pushing it. So I think they're definitely making the right call. And I think that, you know, I know there, and like you said, there have been criticisms of how FFG communicates. And I think those are. Pre- valid honestly it's like you can't really they're just not i mean it feels like they've gotten a little bit better and even like the world's decision i'm glad that they have made it sooner than other decisions that they big decisions that they've made so at least and they were at least communicating in some channels um throughout it now they do again we need what they really need to do is condense the the method by which they communicate. I I people, other people have said this. I don't think that communicating it on Facebook is a great way to do it. Alex, you need to work. I in know. Beard, it's, bro. Uh, I'm a little. I have like a little like you know five o'clock shadow. <laughs> uh, but if we uh, keep
1: doing this weekly on on uh, Twitch or wherever, you guys are just gonna see my beard just you know grow out and out and out. You unless, may- unless I have like a formal interview or something, as I'm like currently applying for jobs and like now terrified about graduating into a recession, this thing's just going to keep growing out as my pandemic beard.
2: You may not know this about me. I am Japanese, and as a Japanese person, I cannot grow facial hair very well. <laughs> um, it's just a
1: thing. <laughs> I didn't know that about you. Excuses, yep. excuses. Um. Okay. Well. Do you, do you guys want to jump into the Shadow Worlds thing that's going on? I think that might make sense.
0: Well, do you want to do that? Or did you talk about, you know, that one guy leaving FFG? Okay, let's
1: let's do uh, bad news first. <laughs> we'll get that all out of the way. Bad news then good news. Okay, I like it. Okay. All
0: right. So, I mean, this is kind of old news at this point because we kind of missed a week. But Brad Andrus did leave yes. FFG. Um, which is unfortunate like he was kind of the driving force here for the last few sets I mean his handprints as I, I think a lot of other play, people have said it but um, yeah it is unfortunate he was he was very jazzed about the game he seemed very into it he was very approachable but um, at the same time like the silver lining in all this is I've seen this in other games where you have like a main developer leave and it can almost be kind of a good thing because maybe some of the issues that the game has in those first few editions, that person's handprints are all over them so it's really hard for them to really critically maybe look at what they did where you can get a fresh set of eyes and a fresh set of mind on some of the issues so maybe some of the um, just like cohesive like wordings on different cards like the way (laughs) different abilities interact like maybe we can condense that like I've seen so I was big in Malifaux. I played near the end of version one, and it was one designer. Version two was a different designer, and it got way better. And that designer then left, and now version three is out. And although I haven't actually played version three, I've heard it's really, really good. And they just keep tightening, like each new set of hands, like builds off of what was built. Like they're not like reinventing it or anything, but they're getting a new spin on it. They can maybe, you know, streamline the game and make it a little more. I mean, it just, I guess, streamlined. Yeah. Like You just maybe yeah. get rid of some. And I mean, load. the
2: good news, the good news is with Brad. I mean, even with Brad leaving, he has, they just de- keep the design team is so far ahead that his hand, you know, kind of his viewpoint will be felt in the sets for a good time to come. I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly where they're at from what I know of. We're we're in somewhere in the realm of I think like set six or
1: seven being designed.
0: I think that's what he mentioned. Yeah. Do you
1: believe that though? You think you think that set? Yeah. Obviously, I think set four is ready to shift. But like, I'm gonna play the devil's advocate here. But like, if set five is ready to go and finished, that almost doesn't seem like a good thing because it seems like that would be like missing opportunities to learn based on the way the other cards are. Are interacting.
0: Yeah, but you have to have it out there. I know while AOA was out, I know that there were play testers that were testing set. Five that is
1: crazy to me.
0: Right after AOA shipped, so I mean, no, that that's I mean that's pretty normal. Like Magic's kind of the same way. They're about three but years Magic, ahead of time with their set releases. But like I don't think Magic. It makes
1: more sense to me in Magic because they they can like design whole blocks and like have like a set of cards that interact together, whereas Keyforge is like fundamentally intertwined with everything in a way that magic kind of is, but mostly is not. Especially when you think about like legacy cards and all of that. I don't know. I think, I think- it I think it's kind of
2: I think it's kind yeah, of unfortunate. I, like, I, it, I think it is a little bit unfortunate because the way it works is they're not able to respond to things they didn't expect about how sets played out. And we kind of see that with like, you know, because what we do know is like Coda and AOA was designed at the same time. And that came to be that became problematic because they really it. I, and still the thing is we uh, what i think every and i think other people have said this but i wish like if they had flip flopped the order release so if aoa had been the first release and then they had released coda it would have felt like a more natural progression you'd have been like oh man these cards are busted that's just power
0: creep, though <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> yeah
1: i i kind of agree with that
0: yeah well, I mean, that that's just going to happen at the yeah. early part of the game. They're still figuring out what the game is, how the game plays. So, But, I mean, I'm not saying, like, just because they're testing set five doesn't mean they can't go, like, during set three and go, oh, right. snap, this is an issue. We need to include one of those cards we axed back into set five and kill this card because it's not going to probably accomplish what we want. I mean, just because it's finished or because yeah. they're working no, on it. No, that makes it, sense. I don't think it means they can't make changes. It's not like they're like, right. Well, this is done <laughs> Hands off. I think that's a
1: good point. Yeah, like so, it's done, but that doesn't mean like it's loaded into the ships already. And it's this is kind of interesting. So we actually have chat here. So just adding some value to the yeah, stream. Xan's on team
0: Dan. Yeah. Thanks, Xan. Yes.
1: So <laughs> it sounds like uh, magic is typically one and a half years ahead, um, and then other people are talking about how they. We got Zach from Call of Discovery saying he also believes the timeline. Um, I do want to jump back to a point Dan made earlier uh, and summarize it just in case it didn't quite get through. But uh, I think that you make a really good point that... Obviously, having a lead designer leave who is clearly passionate about this game has like guided the development to the point we're at now, which is a good place. you know, we have a very fun game that's built the community we have around it. Uh, I think I mean, it's hard to say that's not like a setback. Having said that, like something uh, that I know we talk about, people talk about a lot is sort of this idea when you're like producing something, whether you're writing something, creating something, uh, designing a board game is like killing your darlings where it's like really hard to let go of some of the ideas uh, that you have. And like, uh, if you're the lead designer, it's probably uh, pretty hard for somebody to talk you out of it. Whereas uh, those kind of like you know the darlings that need to go to make it a better experience is probably a lot easier for somebody else to come in who was involved uh, but not that close to them to come in and say well let, let's try it a different way and I think that could certainly uh, reap rewards in KeyForge.
2: Um, yeah. And what's the other guy? Uh, the guy who's taking over is his name Daniel.
1: Is it the guy who's been on some of the other streams,
2: right? Yeah. Is, name? is it Danny? I feel like it's that, Danny. It, yeah, Danny. That sounds right. That's the other. He seems, I mean, he seems like in like, you know, he seems like he's at least been around a little bit and kind of knows, uh, the game somewhat. And, you know, like you said, it's like, it may, it it could, like you said, I, I I, I have hope that it could even be a positive thing, um, for the game. Ultimately it is a loss to lose Brad. Um, and, uh, every time I did get to talk to Brad, he's just a fantastic human being. Just got to like, you know, he seems like a cool guy, but, um, I think, I think that the game is in a good place and will, um, mass mutations looks fun. I'm excited for it. Uh, I don't know if we'll get it on time or not. That still remains to be seen.
1: Yeah. And I don't envy the, uh, coding work that'll need to go to make that populate in TCO. seems like it could be quite (laughs) a challenge.
2: Much love TCO coders. You deserve all, you you deserve all the applause
1: (gasps) And Patreon donations. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure to include a link to the uh, Patreon. Because, I mean, like, what an incredible service TCO is doing for this community right now. Like, I think if we didn't have a way to play this game online right now, then you could certainly see something like this just be, like, the end of it.
2: I would have stopped playing, like, a year
0: ago if I didn't have a way to play online. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. I probably wouldn't have played the game if I couldn't have played it online, honestly, like from the get-go, because like that was the only way I could really, it's the only way I still really get any games in, so. Yeah. Well, I
1: think that is a bit about uh, our thoughts on Brad leaving the game. Best luck, of course, to Brad and his future endeavors. Hopefully, we'll still see him at Vault Tours for, as a participant in the future or other events. That'd be really cool to see. But was just see. I'll certainly be following his career as a board game designer. Like I'll, whatever he works on next, will instantly have my interest to see how it goes. Definitely. Let's move to the good news and a super interesting thing I think that's happening right now, which is uh, the creation of a new, com- I guess you'd say, competitive KeyForge team, but uh, but not necessarily focused purely on the competitive side of events. Uh, which is Knowledge is Power.
0: Knowledge is Power.
1: And this team is comprised of, are they all former Team SAS members?
0: Three are, one is new. So Zach Zach confirms three former SAS members and one new addition. So a four-man team right now to focus on kind of community and competitive aspects. And as part of that, with the cancellation of Worlds, they are making Shadow Worlds. So they're planning on doing a uh, kind of, well, a TCO-based Worlds tournament that people can still do. They're going to keep the format, so it's going to be three-man teams, three-person teams, excuse me. Um, And yeah, they're going to run it on TCO. They're going to stream it they're still figuring kind of that's that kind of thing out um it's kind of exciting for some of us uh dad lifers that weren't able to travel so we might be able to form team sanctimonious here or you might see us maybe helping with streaming um, duties on that so yeah we're just excited to partner in any way we can with them they've got their own discord started as well to kind of discuss the planning and how they can Use help and kind of what they're thinking. If you have any ideas for it, definitely yeah. join. The um, knowledge so, yeah, power so knowledge of power, power
1: is a thing. Congratulations to their new team members. Sounds like Shadow Worlds is happening, going to happen, yeah, actively being planned now. And uh, it's something that we, as the sanctimonious community team, or at least the podcast portion of whatever the community is like want to actively support yeah. encourage people to participate in whatever um, you are i've got my own uh fantasy of maybe doing some casting on some of the games if we can uh, maybe participating and we're also trying to uh create something to go into the prize pool which we uh i'm not sure if if that's still happening or not but it sounds like uh to be determined on that but it's definitely something we're going to support however we can yeah. however uh the shadows world and knowledge and power team uh, want to use us and our platform because it seems like the best thing for the community right now to have some real excitement and engagement with keyforge uh continuing while we can't play live
2: yeah and huge shout out to those guys i mean they're Oh, hey, Sky Jedi.
0: Speaking of live, hi, Sky uh, Jedi. Yeah, we're,
2: we're, they're doing a ton of work on it, and uh, it's just cool to see the pieces starting to come together. They stood up the a new TCO instance with US-based servers, which is fantastic. Um, it's nice to... I, I played a game uh, on it uh, this morning, and it was so much quicker, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, Not to downgrade TCO at all, because I don't think that it's their fault. It's just where server locations, right? Like physically, I'm in the U.S., so uh, accessing a U.S. server is much quicker for me. Uh,
1: So how does that work? So this is the first I'm hearing about this. Is this like a different site? So like if I go to that, I'll only see people who are like actively playing on that site.
2: Yes, so they have stood up and I think, I mean, mostly it's going to be just for uh, the competitive events that they're going to be running. Um, we'll put the web link in the the show notes. Um, it's something like, oh, it's uh, kiptournaments.com. Uh So you can set up an account. You have to set up a whole new account there and it is completely separate from TCO um, still has all the same lobbies. Looks generally the same. Um, looks really, really good. Um, they've done a great job. I think it looks really streamlined. And you, so you create a new account, upload some decks. Um, they have a built-in chaining system. So as you accrue wins with the deck, you do automatically gain chains, uh, and that's how the the leaderboard is running on it at the moment. Um, that's so that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's a it's a, a Sky Jedi. I linked it in the in the Twitch notes for those of you who are watching live. Um, but
0: uh, yep and made a special clarification that they're yes. completely separate entities so if you're on their site playing yes. on there you're not going to see people on the TCO server they're completely different so you're not going to see so if you tell now you're going to have to clarify game, are, are you on, on TCO, or TCO or are you on, on KIP gonna you. <laughs> you're going to be lost lost in the dark uh okay well that's cool uh that's exciting
1: new information to me so i'm sure it'll be new information to people who listen to this podcast as well uh and yeah we'll, we'll include all these links in the show notes of our podcast in the audio version if you're not joining us on twitch um can
2: we talk about can we talk about sky jedi's comment real quick i do i do think we should i think we should mention this because i've heard a couple people say this uh mm-hmm. Uh, sure. So a couple people have, have asked the question um, is creating a new instance of TCO, this KIP tournaments.com uh, is that splitting the player base? What do you, what do you guys think? I have thoughts, but I want to hear what you think first.
0: I mean, potentially, but if you're accruing chains over on KIP, <laughs> like it's going to definitely appeal to a different player base. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Like, I almost kind of hate that it accrues chains automatically but like just hearing that the first time like it's kind of cool because yeah i don't hang that many chains on decks because i don't get to go out and play live that often but at the same time if i'm just jamming games like it's not really a great testing place since you're accruing chains i mean it's i guess it's a good testing place for chain bound because yeah. you're getting chains on your deck then but that just kind of seems weird to me um but yeah, I mean maybe maybe the player base that goes over and plays there is like the ultra competitive so you're just you're seeing a higher caliber of player over there, higher caliber of decks or maybe you could actually play some of those fun decks that you have because you'll lose a lot and then you'll go up against chain decks and maybe have a chance. I don't know. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I think like probably TCO remains the primary for most people. So I guess
1: people are saying that maybe the chains won't always be permanent or it'll be an optional thing in the future. Uh, That's being worked on currently to answer the question that was posed in our discord that alex brought up here or sorry posed in the twitch chat i'm not sure i i definitely played on tco the least out of all of you all so it's hard to say how much of the keyforge community is really based there It, it seems to me like most of the community building Parts of keyforge are taking place in forums, whether that's in Discord or, or Facebook groups or on the Reddit channel. And then, you know, games take place there. And, and it's like an amazing tool. But I don't know if it's like if, if like people are, are forming like lasting communities by solely yeah. going and playing on TCO. yeah. yeah.
2: Um, I mean, I I would, and that's kind of my thought, but I would argue that a lot of the community um, surrounding Keyforge is not really based on TCO at all. Like, TCO is where games happen, but that's not where the community is happening, right? The community is happening in Discord on Reddit. Yeah, if if you've gone to the main lobby of TCO, it's not a happy place.
1: (laughs) So I don't. I mean,
2: no huge loss if that's the community uh, that we're losing. I'm not. I'm not worried about that. Um, I do understand what people who are, the concern that you know if if you are feeling concerned about. I understand what people are saying and why this could seem contentious. But I mean, to me, it's like I'll just like I'll just talk to whoever I'm usually. I, I a lot of times I arrange games anyways, or I kind of just don't care. Um, and then it's like um, um, like if I'm just playing jamming random games with random people, it doesn't matter yeah. if I do it one place or another. If I'm organizing games, we'll just talk and we'll say, Hey, do you wanna like do you wanna play on TCO or do you wanna play on KIP? It doesn't really like it seems like to me that KIP is kind of distinguishing itself a little bit of like, hey, this is like intended to be the more competitive side of the pool. Um, so, you know, take that as you will. I don't I don't see this forming. I don't see people. What I'll say is I don't see people building camps around. I play KIP or I play TCO. I, I don't really see that happening.
1: Right. Unless one became just like better, a yes. better And if that's
2: the case, I don't think that anybody would be the worst for it, right? Because they're both free endeavors. Nobody's charging anybody anything. So it's like if one is just inherently better, then you'll probably just use the one that works best. But I don't think that that's, again, I don't think that that's splitting anything. Because worst case scenario, people just like can help each other in whatever
0: way they need, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And hopefully they both thrive. So adding more input from Sky Jedi, so pretty much, uh, I guess, Zach says the chain function's new, so changes are occurring to it on KIP, and that Grant is kind of the main force behind all of this, and he works on both um, KIP and the uh, TCOs. So you kind of have the same architect both place. <laughs> Sky Jedi says no comment. For a purely
1: practical reason, like we could very well see an uptick of people playing online. I was on a, on like the Reddit board game generalist group and people were posting links of places to play online and uh TCO came up on that. Like there could be some of these other sites are having bandwidth yeah. issues at the moment. So having more servers up dedicated to running yeah. games of online keyforge right now is definitely a good thing for the community I overall. In my opinion. Of,
2: I think there's plenty of players to go around. I don't yeah. I don't see this becoming a problem. Really. All right.
1: Well that is a, a lot on that. Uh but the key takeaways new place to play Keyforge. Yeah. Support all these people who are making it possible to play Keyforge and uh, try and get involved with Shadow Worlds uh, and more information, surely to follow on that. Um, are you guys ready to end this podcast with some community questions? I know we have some saved.
0: Just a second. So there, there is a there is a question. There's been an uptick of people. So there's 91 games currently occurring on Crucible, which I think it seems a bit higher than normal. Let's see here that across all queues. There we go. All keys. Yeah. All keys. 93 games currently occurring right now at this moment of this recording, which I think we were there in the CODA days. I think we usually ho- hovered around like 80-ish games Anyone going in. Yeah.
2: I feel I'm like on, 90 I'm, seems like a high GCO number. I'm on DCO
1: a lot, and that's, that's a high number for TCO. <laughs> all right. So high, a lot of people are playing. That's good. But more bandwidth, that's better. So... I know we had some community questions uh, left over from our Discord. <laughs> yeah. Do the asking, just because Dan's audio is slightly messed up. Sorry, All right.
2: Dad. Yep. Uh, I'm going to start... I'm gonna just I'm, talk
1: slower. I'm going st- oh, to oh,
2: start with a fun one. Uh, this is from uh, Burnside. Uh, what is the I in which of the I? <laughs> uh.
1: Man, by like just really cutting right to the chase yeah. of the meat of this podcast with that witch of the eye. I mean, so I'm going to go with, man, and this is just going to out how like little I pay attention to like any kind of Key Forge lore that may exist in flavor text or whatever. But the Untamed House is like mystical in some way. Uh, there are witches and there's magical things happening. I do know that uh so I'm gonna say which of the i must be some sort of like spiritual deity or like worship type you know, okay, that's my answer. some <laughs> kind of deity
0: a non answer. It's the Eye of Sauron, I obviously. was going to say it's, it's uh, the Witch of the, of the Eye Tiger. of Sauron. It's all knowing, You back from uh, the dead. There we go.
1: Okay. I get it. We're making jokes. We're doing jokes. you <laughs> it now. This is a joke. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you went serious. <laughs> you went a really long time to say nothing, Jake. Well This done. is a question B-Hawk asked. I'm, I'm going to ask it in a way that will make sense for the time that we have. What kind of decks do well on TCO? And do you think that translates to real-life play? That's a simpler way of asking it. That's
1: a good question. Thanks, Beehawk.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's what he was asking. <laughs> I'm just, uh,
0: I'm just uh, rephrasing it. I match make all my games, and it's usually in prep for different tournaments. So, like, I don't have any idea of what the common meta of TCO is because I'm mostly making my games via our Discord and usually testing with people for different events. So, whether it's adaptive or Anything like that, so I don't know. I I have no like like I said, I would want to research. Like this is one where I'd want to dig into see what is on the leaderboard of the Crucible Tracker and see what kind of decks are there. So I'm just gonna bow. It I'm out just on this gonna one. make
1: a guess um that like rush decks perform better on TCO than they do in real life. I think rush decks are the decks that are most likely to punish anything any deck that like falters even just for a minute and i think because tco is a place that people try out new decks they're more likely to make play mistakes with it and a rush deck simply just closes the door faster in a lot of cases than other forms of deck and punishes those falters or punishes making a poor decision on a mulligan which you would also be more liable to make when you're learning a deck uh and then when you go to a more competitive setting of course rush decks are decks that people are prepared to play against i think that you might see some and i you know this is a guess but i think you might see some discrepancy there in results of like your prototypical uh coda style rush decks in tco and in top level play i would say
2: i would say that in my experience that's that's fairly accurate like Rush decks. Um, and I would say even uh, to put it this way, I would say that simple decks tend to work best on, like tend to uh, be consistent, or even just having a ton of plays with a deck can get you get you pretty far on familiarity because I think a lot of a lot of what's happening on TCO is theory crafting of a sort, uh, it's play testing. So I think that you encounter... I do not always think it's indicative of what you'll actually encounter in competitive play because people are running some real wacky stuff on on TCO that they just never... Especially if you're just randomly queuing, um, you'll face some stuff that is either... I've encountered both like, wow, this is not like good enough for competitive play to this deck is just like insane and you're probably like even that is probably like for most like especially like local level competitive play like you're probably not gonna see the the like insanity decks for the most part unless somebody just has a complete banger um but um you know so that's that's kind of my thought on it um we'll just move on from that one it was it's interesting to think about at the very least
0: the number one deck right now in a tracker is a coda deck it's 60 and 8. I won't give the name of it. You can go look it up, but it's a Dish Shadows Untamed with Double Hunting Witch. Uh, it's got a lot of untamed creatures with a key charge and an Arise in dis. So, <laughs> um, Treasure Map, Nerve Blast, Miasma. Oh, you're good. Sounds like Stand Dakota. Stan yeah. Dakota. so expect. Yeah, expected is only 19, but it looks like it's maybe a little bit saucier than that with the Double Hunting Witch and the Arise and everything. Let's do
1: one or two more here. And also, I want to take a second to say uh, One Star Peeps, Five Star Games, great Keyforge content creator. He wanted to add that ideally Rush decks should win faster, so there's also some more recorded games with Rush decks if you're yeah. playing a slower control deck. I think that's a great point. And also, I want to thank Five Star Peeps for subscribing to the twitch channel just now during the podcast so that is greatly appreciated thanks so much
0: ooh, ooh. um all right next question Now that means you have to like stream more <laughs> <laughs> how would you describe your play style aurora so my my play style is i like to put my opponent in like the like worst positions i can possibly put them in it gives me so much pleasure to cause the person across the table so much pain it's probably why i match make all of my my games so i don't get a bad name out there because i play decks that just do really weird things sometimes and then i also do love my combos the martian generosity key abduction so yeah um i like i like decks that are kind of complex a little bit that uh that really put your opponent in weird spots with weird cards that change the way the game's played. I like playing
1: decks that I could come in with a clear game plan. Hmm. Um, Like, so, I mean, like a deck that is like, where I really know what my win condition is. Because I think that gives me the ability to make optimal decisions towards that win condition a lot easier uh, than than a deck uh, that might be equally good or better, but that requires more of like, a free flow style where everything is more contingent upon the game state. I have a really hard time tracking decisions very far in advance before I just get lost. So I think like given limited information, I'm really good at making optimal play. But as soon as like board states get really, really complex, I quickly kind of find myself getting lost. Uh, so I try to avoid those decks especially i mean I, I mean if it's for casual play obviously i'll play anything but like for a competitive setting uh i've tended to go more towards uh either rush or combo decks or or a hybrid between those two rather than control uh, because i think that gives me the best chance of winning
2: um i would say I, my play style is oh efficiency i like i like efficiency i, I mean <laughs> I was yeah. yeah i mean i do i do like and i will that say Alice's that i do like lineup. to play busted decks like that's my preferred like i don't i don't really like there are some people who seem like they really enjoy like finding uh a, a middle middle level Keyforge deck and like making it work i don't really like that i'm just like i just <laughs> play busted all the time uh and even
0: It's like I've got like a seventy percent win percentage. I do say that. I'm like, this is not good enough.
2: It's seventy percent. My 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 threshold, just so you guys know, is eighty percent. Like it, if I can't have an eighty percent win rate with it on TCO, I'm like, why even play? I'm kidding. uh, I've I've actually, it is true though, but also I've grown. I've grown as a player. I play some, I have some like 60 to 70% win rate (laughs) decks. For a little while, when I played that Battlefleet deck, I was really, that deck did not have that great of a win percentage, but I was trying. I was like, I'm going to try to make this work. Uh, I do like, I like decks that allow me to I like playing cards. I like the feeling of shuffling and drawing, and I just want to play lots of cards all the time. If I ha- I don't like decks that make me only play one or two cards a turn, or like that's sort of a, a constant decision I'm having to make. It's like, I just play these two cards. This just doesn't feel good to me. I always feel like, even if I win, it feels bad.
1: Uh, that's great. I, th- I think that was interesting. Uh, really good question. Um, yeah, do you want to do one more quick, simple one, and then we'll sign off for... Yes. This week's episode?
2: One more simple one. Um, let's see. If each of you had a Mario style uh, power up uh, fire flower mushroom, what would yours be? And what would it do?
0: <laughs> yeah, now I'm going with a uh, Mario, the, the cape. I'm flying. I want flight. Mm. I always wanted flight. Mario style cape. It looks nice. Run, makes you run fast. You can spin really fast. And then you can fly when you get going up to speeds. It's pretty sweet fly over the disc golf course, get a quick 18 in, fly home. The cape
1: is really fun in those like Mario (laughs) maker games. I guess that's just like Mario games. I like the cape as far as actual Mario upgrades. I think if I want, if I like could create one, it would be like a telekinesis Mario where I could like, Pick up a Goomba. Picture like a Mario that's like in like the 3D game where you can like actually walk around, and you could just like use your hand and like pick up a Goomba and just like smack other Goombas out of the way with it or something. That's just some extra value added by doing this on Twitch right now. If you're watching, you got to see some sweet arm motions going on. Sorry, <laughs> podcast listeners. 3D. So 3D telekinesis Mario is what I'm going with.
2: I'm gonna go with
1: a hat that makes
2: me really lucky. That's my 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 favorite superpower is uh, uh, long shot or domino. They have variance manipulation. That's always been my favorite superhero <laughs> hero power. So I've just put that on a hat. I just like put on a hat and I'm just lucky. That sounds awesome.
1: Yeah, you make making really good at keyword.
2: Yeah, exactly. I
1: he always draws so well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The Sign of the Times one I think we all should want probably is like Metal Mario. You can't get Corona because
1: of Metal. (laughs) Yeah, can I go Surgical Mask (laughs) Mario? You're Metal. You're effing Metal. So I can go outside. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's call it there and do our typical sign-off. Thank you all so much for bearing with us. Um, I, I had a lot of fun doing this on Twitch and think we should certainly consider... Doing it again in the future. Yeah. Uh, it's nice having some real time feedback on what we're saying when it's wrong.
2: Where people can instantly correct us rather than we get the podcast out and they're like, hey, did you know this? And we're like, oops.
1: We're <laughs> <laughs> really, like, we did not know that. No. Uh, so, yeah. So, thank you so much. We have like, you know, eight to 14 people in here. So that was super cool. Uh, and, and yeah, so thank you all. My name is Jake Friedman. Uh, you can find me online on Twitter at Jake Fried or on Twitch uh, at twitch.tv slash Jake I mentioned earlier, I'm uh, not sure I, I said it on the podcast, but I'm planning to you know, dust off the stream uh, and try and stream some more uh, games, whether I'll be playing on TCO, uh, tabletop simulator, doing some more board game stuff or maybe even that new Animal Crossing game, which seems like perfect mm-hmm. for the current day and age. So uh, if you're interested in, uh, I guess, more of a variety stream <laughs> style cover. than just purely keyforge, uh, feel free to give me a follow and come say hi, let's hang out while we're all social distancing. <laughs>
2: Uh, I am Alex Slotnick. Uh, I, you can find me on Discord as the Nick of Slots hashtag 6418. Uh, I am also the Nick of Slots at gmail.com, and I have blog that's linked in the show notes.
0: Bingo. I'm Danis someone, D-A-N-I-S-S-O-M-E-1 on Twitter and Twitch. Uh, yeah, my Twitch has not been good, and I'm going to work on that because it, Turns out maybe my network interface card is really bad. So we'll be getting a new one of those and see if that improves things and maybe can fire that up again. Uh, The League has started. Good luck to everybody playing uh, Reversed Adaptive. It's been super fun so far. I've heard a lot of good reports from people enjoying it, where we play the opponent's deck game one, your deck game two. That way they don't get the preview. It's been a lot of fun. I've gotten one match in, a nail Biter three game set with Rise. GG, bro. It was really, really close. And yeah, that's it for me. Archons of the Crucible. The outside world is off limits. Only the virtual world exists. Come on into the virtual castle. Forge those keys.
1: But how do we know that it was you now and you're not just having your friend come in in the other room, you know? The world may never, never...
0: No, no.
1: How long have we been recording for, by the way?
2: No idea.